Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gate's daily podcast. If you love Wisdom's Echo and want to invest in the lives of our speakers, head to patreon.com slash wisdoms echo, where for as little as $2 a month, you can help us deliver the same impactful content you enjoy. Welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Ray Hughes, and I'm going to be sharing with you today. And you know, I don't know if you remember or if you were listening that day, but uh, some time back I talked about Psalm 34. And uh, I tell you, I just can't get away from it. I want to go ahead and do a Psalm 34 part two for you today. And just in um, reintroduction, it's that psalm that starts off with this, uh, this beautiful happening that had become a part of David's uh, everyday life. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And as I pointed out last time, you remember he had made a vow unto the Lord to praise and worship God seven times a day. So seven times a day he would engage with God. And as he would begin to praise the Lord in whatever expression he had chosen, because if you remember, the, uh, the Bible doesn't say praise, uh, the English Bible does, but in the Hebrew Bible, it's seven different words with seven different concepts, as well as seven different expressions. And it can be um, to rave and to boast. It can be to kneel and bow. It can mean to shout. It can mean to, uh, you know, there's seven different uh, approaches to it. But David, seven times a day, would engage in those. And then with this, I will bless the Lord at all times. He goes on to say, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall be, uh, shall hear that and be glad. So magnify the Lord with me. There's where he moves into the corporate aspect of it. You know, joining, everybody join with me here. And he goes on to say, I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now that's where I want to pick up. The last time we did a pretty extensive look at the at what those that deliverance from fears looked like. If you remember, I I read you off about fourteen different kinds of uh, biblical expressions of fear. You know, fear of man, fear of death, fear of the future, fear of danger, fear of what idols uh, can do and carry, uh, fear of dreams, fear of evil. You know, He delivers us from evil. He says in Psalm twenty three verse four and um, fear of war, and and an important one here, the fear of nothing. That's those delusional, imaginative fears that just get a hold of you and, and just seem to perpetuate even greater fear and founded in nothing. And Psalm 53, verse 5 speaks to that. But he also tells us to we're not to fear our enemies, and not to fear uh, our enemies is found in Psalm 118, verse 6. And the fear of punishment, Psalm, oh no, excuse me, Proverbs 1, 26. Darkness is another fear. Um, uh, ghosts, spirit of fear. Anyway, I'm trying to just remind you of the list and yet get you on through this pretty quick. But this is why uh, we that the people of God were so enlightened and why they were so bold. And because uh, remember there, it says, they looked unto him. I sought the Lord. He heard me and he delivered me from those fears. And as a result, they looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. Their, uh, the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. And there is some of that 
uh, now becoming bold as, as a lion. When you look over at verse 10 there, where it says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. There's nothing going to be held back from those that are bold enough to live above the fear. And uh, I want to remind you now that, uh, that there's a promise there also of, of, uh, of eliminating the troubles that can, uh, the fears that can trouble you. But to get men out of trouble, uh, you know, that's not our job. That's his job. It's uh, to get men out of the, out of troubles is God's work. Um, the angel of the Lord even uh, uh, in, engages in that, and that's why you. So the angel of the Lord encamps ab- around them that fear Him, that fear God. And uh, remember that that fear of God is an important. That's the one fear we want. That's the one type of fear we want to always hold on to. Uh, it's it's spoken and referred to 160 times in Scripture, and it means that we're to respect, reverence, and honor God, so that those other fears are not the the dominating force in our life. Um, if you remember, I gave you a definition. You know, uh, faith is uh, to believe and trust in what God says about your future. But fear is to believe and trust in what the enemy says about your future. Now, we have some things that are, that are somewhat prerequisites in our hard attitudes, such as blessing the Lord at all times and giving, our, giving ourselves to the Lord in praise and worship and interaction. But there's also 10 promises that are connected to that. We, we talked about the 10 commands and the 10 blessings, and, and we also highlighted all those fears. But if you stay in Psalm 34, you'll see that, those, that there are 10 promises that come to us. The angel of the Lord encamps around and about them that fear him and delivers them. So our deliverance comes as a result of the Lord putting those angel, angelic messenger forces around us um, that, that carries that deliverance. Now, remember that it starts off with his praise continually in my mouth. And it also goes over, over there and says, taste and see that the Lord is good. To taste is to discern, to perceive. In other words, we're going to, that's what we're going to, to uh, taste rather than the, the vile, dark, fearful, fear-imposing things that the enemy would want us to be uh, consuming. And uh, so the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and deliver him, verse 7. And then there is no want to them that fear him. Uh, Then it goes on uh, in verse uh, 10. They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. And look at at the next uh, part of that. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. I've always noticed in this psalm that how many of the the five senses keep coming into play, you know, the eyes, the ears, the taste, and see, you know, and so on. And then uh, he he goes on to say, uh, you know, when the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, his ears are open to their cries. Uh, there's another place in Scripture where it talks about the eye of the Lord is running to and fro throughout all of the earth, 
looking for those of a broken and contrite spirit that will humble themselves before God. And he will show his, himself powerful and strong on their, their behalf. They will, be, you know, they will do great exploits. They will be bold in, in their uh, engagement with God. So there you, there you see it being uh, stated again that uh, the, the humble sh- uh, shall be glad because there's a boldness that, can, that comes into our life when we magnify the Lord and, uh, and our soul boasting in who the Lord is. And because that we're humble and there's broken, brokenness and contrition there, that is where the empowerment comes from. Because it really is. We're depending upon the eye of the Lord that is looking for us, running to and fro throughout all the earth, looking for that one that he can do mighty things through. And their ears are open to, to the cry. His ears are open to their cries. Uh, another principle that's in Psalm 34, of these 10 promises, is the face of the Lord is against those that do evil. You see that in verse 16, the, the face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them even from the earth. That sounds to me like they're not going to be doing great exploits in God. They're not going to be in, encountering the beauty uh, of the Lord and, and atmospheres of praise and worship and tasting and seeing his goodness uh, day in and day out. Uh, next, uh, The next promise I want to highlight is in verse 17 says, the righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. Now, okay, so you, so you see it again, it's, but it's, we cannot deliver ourselves. Uh, it's that holy reverence and fear of God uh, that pulls him into our situation, draws him into stand between us uh, and our enemies, and encompass us about with uh, Songs of Deliverance is another beautiful biblical principle that speaks to that. And uh, it says, the, uh, listen to this promise, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Now, I touched that a minute ago, but I wanted to touch it again because I remember as a child uh, that, uh, well, I come from the, from the hills of Kentucky, so that some of this may sound strange to you. But I remember as a little child watching my granny who on bath day, which was Saturdays, she would, at the end of her bath, she would reach over and uh, uh, grab a uh, powder puff out of a big old box of powder sitting there. And she would begin to strike herself with this thing. And the whole room would just wind up like a, a fog of powder going across the room. It, it would, uh, it would even, um, collect on the, the old black dresser, uh, with the, the uh, as she would do that, and uh, they, and that, that that stuff would just blow. You could see it blowing by the window. You could it would uh, it would land on water, and it was so light. And if, now the reason I would bring that up is is if you take that box of powder and you put the lid on it, turn it upside down, look at it. The major ingredient is contrite. And what is contrite? Well, it, it is stone, actually. It's stone that has been ground so fine that you can lay it on your hand and blow it all over the room. And the, the Lord is looking for those of a broken and contrite heart, a contrite spirit, those that have even have been sometimes ground so fine 
by the things of this world that he can lay us on his hand and blow us all over the world. We can even float on water, if you will. We can, uh, it, it's, it's without encumbrance. Uh, just uh, the Holy Spirit will carry you and take you to places and uh, use you in ways you would never have dreamed you would ever be able uh, to experience. Um, you know, it's just, why? It's because of contrite. And so I don't know if I stated that and communicated that clearly enough, but but is, there's an important part of our life has to be uh, that flexibility, that dexterity, that that willingness to be who God says we are, and the and the Lord is near to them that are of a broken heart, that have been ground and sometimes seemingly has have lost substance. No, He saves such as be of a contrite spirit and many and, and many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord delivers him out of them all and uh here here's an here's a wonderful and that's in verse 19 there as you see and then uh evil shall slay the wicked and they that hate righteousness shall be desolate so you know um the Lord is always finding ways of promising us um, a little bit. It may sound to some like conditional righteousness. Um, his love is unconditional. But to be righteous is just really means to be rightly related to God. And, uh, and so to be rightly related to, is to be uh, redeemed forgiven uh, we have repented of our sins we have we live according to his righteous desires for us um, and part of that is walking out that, that that sense of contrition that gives us access to all of these promises because they're not going to come as a result of our doings they'll be, they'll come as a result of who he is and here, the last one is the Lord redeems the soul of his servants. And none of them, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate or without. Those are some pretty incredible promises that come with a, a lifestyle of being those that will bless the Lord at all times, having his praise in our mouth, coming into agreement with uh what he says about us, you know, on some on on some level, a wonderful definition uh, of what we're talking about here is to be those, you know, to know God, and uh, the beginning of knowing God is knowing how God knows you, and and not what He is demanding of you necessarily as much as what He is He is commanding as promises unto your life. Yeah, there are commands and expectations, and I hate to use the word obligations, because I think many of us in the church have become so obligated to church and obligated to Christian ideologies. Where you, when you become more obligated to church than you are fascinated with who God is and who He says you are, something's missing in your life. And uh, we don't want anything to be missing in our life that He has for us. So, Anyway, got to go. Uh, 
That was just a little bit more of Psalm 34, sort of from the cuff, but I just love walking around in these scriptures and just looking at some of these concepts as they uh, come up in my mind. And, and I, so I just pray that's been a blessing to you today. I'll see you next time.